Hello and welcome to this week's Community Power podcast, a series being brought to you in partnership with Local Trust. My name's Chris Allen, and in this series we're showcasing some incredible projects, focusing in particular on what happens when you give local people the power, the money and the assets to make a difference to their neighbourhoods. With me is series producer Beth Lazenby. So Beth, we've reached the end of this, our second series. We have, and what a series it's been. I mean, we started off at Connects, which is the biggest networking event for all big local areas to come together, where we were talking a lot about topics like cost of living crisis, because that was on a lot of people's minds at the time. We were celebrating the end of our funding programme, Creative Civic Change, so we chatted for a to a few people who are involved in that project and then since then we've covered some really amazing stories some really creative stories of everything from empowering local writers to using pom-poms to tackle loneliness so I don't know about you Chris but I very much enjoyed series two of the podcast and we are finishing off with a very special episode from Karen Trainer MBE who um, is the chair of Scotland's Brushbury Hill Big Local and you have recorded a very special episode with her about her big local journey. Indeed, after 11 years, I had the chance to sit down with her in the room where it all started. Now, can you remember, I was just looking around the room here, can you remember 11 years ago when Big Local started (laughs) off and we were in this room? Yes, I can remember. It seems a lifetime ago, but I can remember how cold it was. We were all in coats. Um, It was just a dreary place. That's all it was. It was. And there was lots of stuff on the walls. It was was used, wasn't it, as a play centre? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was an adventure playground. And the kids just did everything here. Yeah, yeah. And it was a a vital part of the community. There's nowhere else for people to go to. No, no, nothing. This This was the place where they all went. And what was your role at that time? Um, I, w- I was doing residence and tenants and residents association then. Um, so we used to come in here if we got meetings or anything like that. Right, you used to have the keys and the run of the place then? Yeah, 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 we did. Yeah, so nothing changed with that. Um, but we used it as and when we needed to. Right, and then the news came it was going to be closed. Mm-hmm, yes. What was your feelings? It's not closing. <laughs> Straight away we said, no, they're not taking this place because this was the heart of the community, so yeah. no. It was, uh, they were not going to get away with that one? No, not at all. Um, we'd lost Neil Docker already, so this was the only place where the community could come and speak and just have a cup of tea or anything like that, so... That was it. There was the determination to save it, but people really did go through a grieving process as well, though, didn't they? Because they, yes, they to did. start with, you know, they thought, oh, it's gone, yeah, that's it, yeah, what are we going to do now? Yeah. And I think it took us a couple of weeks, and we just, we just thought we're going to have nothing for the community mm. at all. And as you say, we were all grieving for the loss of the place, so then we just had this hairbrain scheme that we could save it and we could look after it and that's where it all started all of a sudden it became the most important thing in big local didn't it yes yes it did it did yeah um we knew that we got the funding but we knew that without this place we couldn't do what big local asked us to do so this was the start of it, yeah. Now, you couldn't, it's not just a matter of saying to the council, right, we're having this. No, it was two years of 
hard work to even get the front door keys. So, yeah, there was a lot of to-in and fro-in, but we were lucky. Our counsellors were on board with it from day one. Mm. So they they were really behind us. And they, they seem to, in this area, have managed to sort of be behind you and support you and not take over. No, no. It was... Not that you never let them. <laughs> no, we never let them. From day one, we said, we will be in charge. You just sort of in the background, but you're not having anything day-to-day with it. Right. That was our, our domain. So, no. No. So went through the couple of years. Yeah. You know, obviously, as a partnership, you can't just take it on. So you needed to no. form a company. We did, yes, yeah, um, and that was that was a thing in itself. Deciding what sort of company we were going to do, um, because there were different ones, and there were fours and against for all of them. But we finally decided to be um, a charitable. Oh, I can never remember a what it's called. Community Benefit Society. That's it. That's <laughs> the one, yeah. And that seemed to fit the bill more than anything else. So so that's what we did. And one of the things that allowed you to do was sell shares to the community, yes, wasn't it? Yes, it did, yeah. So that gave us that bit of money from the shares that enabled us to do the first things that we wanted to do here. Mm. So, yeah. And it, give, it, it gave the people a sense of ownership as well. Because they'd always, they'd been told before and that, oh, you can, it's going to be for us. And they said, no, we've heard all that before. But this was one way for them to say that it was actually their building then. It was going to be a promise that you had to keep. Yes, we had to, yeah. From day one, it had got to be the community centre. And it was owned by them and it was run by them. Now, it's one thing to be on the partnership, which mm-hmm. you were, and yeah. you did share. Yes. It's another thing then to become a director of a company. Yes. And have all the responsibilities that go with that. Did yeah. that take some getting used to? It looked like it was the next step. So, you know me, I just take it all in my stride and I just do what needs to be done to keep the place going. So, yeah, it was a learning curve. Everything's been a learning curve from from the minute we had the keys. Um, but no, it was just the next stage. And um, one of the things that had to happen was that you had to stop thinking of it as your centre mm-hmm. and it had to become your business. business. Yeah, that was the hardest part. I think that took us a good 12 months to realise that we're responsible for the building and everything with it and that we've got to pay all the bills. So it was going from just using the place to actually managing it. And that was a hard one. But we got there. You did. What was the kind of ways in which you raised money, you raised income? One of the first ones, I think, was jumble sale. Just to make a little bit of money so as we can go on to the next one. So we do different events. Um, We do jumble sales occasionally even now but it's not a jumble sale now it's <laughs> something a bit more a bit more classy <laughs> a bit more refined <laughs> yes you've gone yeah. up in the world <laughs> but it's the same thing people yeah. can come and have their stalls yeah. and they can make their own bit of money and they pay us to use that 
the the place as well. So and one of the things that's very expensive for parents is always having a party, isn't it? A children's party. It is. If it you is. go to the if go yeah. to the well known reputable um, people it's on the high street, it costs money. a lot of money. Yeah. So you're able to help yeah. as well as yes, get a bit of income. Yes, because we. We know that this play, this area is really deprived, and um, they haven't got the money to fork out loads of money. So we keep our our prices as low as we can. When we started, it was twenty five pound an hour. We're actually now using it for fifteen pound an hour. Right, so you've gone down. Yeah, because people couldn't afford even the twenty five. Right. So. Um, and it's been £15 for the net last, oh, about five years. Right. Um, we keep looking at it, but at the moment, we're covering our costs with it at that price. But that brings out important balance here, isn't it? Yes, you're, you're an enterprise, you're a business, you need to make a bit of money, but your main role is to support the community. Of course it is, yeah, yeah. And how we look at it for our day-to-day running costs for electric, gas and things like that, all that revenue comes from our parties. So if we price ourselves out, we can't make the money. You're getting going. You're doing well. Mm-hmm. COVID comes along. Oh, Lock yeah. the doors, Karen. That's what yes. you have to do. <laughs> yeah. And that was, I think, out of everything, COVID really hit us in the guts. It wasn't the fact that we got a shot. We knew we got a shot. But we were just thinking about all the people out there that were on their own and they couldn't get out. So then we had another harebrained scheme. Um, we lasted two two weeks being shot. You, and be, then, you mean you behaved yourself for two weeks? Yes. Which might be longer than some government ministers, you never know. Yes, it was, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then after that, it was decided that, well, if people can't come here, we'll go to them. Um, and that's where the Treat and Chat and everything like that came into existence. Tell me what Treat and Chat is. Um, it's where you usually die. One of our workers, she used to go to our elderly people. She'd stop on the front door so as we weren't contaminating them, just asking them if they were okay um, and if there was anything that we could do for them. And then from that, then it became... Well, it's not just the elderly, it's families. So then it was, um, at one point we were doing 150 parcels a week for for families, um, and we delivered those, and also activity packs for the kids, because they were bored, they were out of school, they couldn't go outside, so we sent activity packs for the kids as well. And that went on for quite a, quite a while. And that's that recognising that actually, I know food's important, but mm-hmm. sometimes some things are more important than food and the chatting yeah. and the, the activity. chatting was one of the big things because because we're, we're in lockdown, we didn't know what was going on around the estate. So doing that, we could just see if anybody was really struggling. And that five minutes was just the tonic that they needed, I think. And that probably helped you build up relationships across the whole area. COVID yes, did yeah. help put you on the map? It did really, yeah, because I mean we just we just go as we go day to day, but that did put us on the map, yeah. Yeah. Now one of the things you, you had in here was a 
Community Cafe. We did, yes. Had to learn some lessons from Community Cafe running, didn't you? We did, yes, yeah. Um, and that was that, again, because of the the area that we're in, they couldn't, we couldn't charge them exorbitant prices. We we tried beforehand with two outside people running the place and it wasn't working. So we said, well, we'll keep it cheap and cheerful. And that's when it started. And it was a good thing, actually. And it, again, people could come in and have a cup of tea, bacon sandwich, whatever, and just chat with each other. Um, and from there, we got the the other 50s club for them to come and have a meal once a week. Um, Does that take you back, though, that, that, that got these outsiders coming in, if I put it that way, to mm-hmm. run it for you? Because yeah. thought, you thought that was the best way at that time. Um, but they didn't get it, did they? they didn't no, get they didn't. what the cafe was about. They and the cafe's about no. chatting more than yeah. the food More again. than food and spending money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so then it just again became a place to go to. It did. And then you developed things from there. Yes, yeah. And then once we took over, then people came in and they come and had their chats and that. And it was a success until COVID, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, then, and things... then everything had to change. It yeah. had to. But you come out the other side, mm-hmm. COVID now. Yeah. You haven't got a cafe. No because people can't afford to eat out. So we had to think outside the box. And then with the help of Wolverhampton City Council, the idea of the community shop came into existence. We were the, the first one in, the, in Wolverhampton and we soon realised what a need there was for it. So, yeah. Um, Tell us how the community shop works. Right. The community shop, you come in and you fill the form in, you pay five pounds. That five pounds then enables you to do five pounds worth of shopping free. After that, you just pay the prices on the on the counters, which is cheaper than supermarkets, places like that, because ours is a bit more, we realise that they can't afford supermarkets. So, yeah, and I think we're nearly up to now, no, 800 members now. Um, And we've got our people that come in two, three times a week. And they just come for a natter again. Again. But they can get (laughs) cheap shopping. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Now, you said you were the first. Yes. But you're not the only one in the city of Wilmington. Not now, no, no. Um, I think at last count there was either six or seven now. There's more now, I think. Is there more now? Opening up all the time. So, so you, you actually did the pilot raid shop yeah. the whole of the city of Wolverhampton. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think they, that the the council realised as well that it was a big need. Um, and it's just gone strength to strength with it. Now, I noticed when I came in earlier, you've got a charity shop here as well in another room. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> um, this, is, this came about because we're being funded by the council for so long, but after that we've got to be sustainable again. Mm. So our idea was people have always got stuff that they don't want. Bring it to us, we'll sell it at a nominal, nominal fee, um, and then that money then goes back into the 
community shop, so we're self-sustainable then. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> the trouble is you haven't got enough room. No, we desperately need our extensions now. I mean, oh, my office is now a, a shoebox. I can't get in there. <laughs> uh, so, but we do actually need these extensions. The plans have been drawn up. They've gone to planning laws now to see if they're going to let us have them. Then we've got to find the money. That's the big thing. Big local comes to an end. Yes. Um, soonish. You're out yeah. of money. I know. Soonish I as know. well. But this can't stop, can it? No, no, no. And from day one with Big Local, we've always tried to match fund so as we've got the same amount of money coming in from other sources. And Kim and Louisa have been so successful with that. Um, I think last time I spoke to them, it was two and a half, two and a half million mm. match funding. Yeah. So we know what we need to do. So you're one million, or you're one point two million from. Yes. Big local brought in another two and a half million. It so did. you ended up spending getting close to four million in the yeah. area. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. And it's all gone back into the area. It hasn't been like no fees or anything like that because it's run by volunteers we don't need wages so yeah we keep it all in where it needs to be now you were recognized for all the work that was done through the queen's award for voluntary yes. service yeah. great celebrations but it that was. must have meant a lot to everybody oh god yeah i mean we've always said we don't do, we don't do it for praise or recognition but it was nice for them to actually acknowledge that we're here and what we're doing so it was a big a big bonus to us and it made us think well we're doing something right so yeah and um obviously it was the the, the last queen's awards as it turned out it was it? yes it was yeah yeah so uh and then when that all went in somebody at the lord lieutenant's office noticed your name on the list mm-hmm and I uh, thought they'd give you something extra as well, didn't they? Yes, they did. <laughs> they did indeed. Um, and that was the MBA, yeah. which was a total shock. Um, More of a shock for you than me. Yes, because you knew about it. <laughs> yes, yes, I did remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a total shock for me. Well, yeah. I must admit, I had this phone call from the, the lieutenant's office. and okay. they. Uh, and they said they left a message for me and they said, oh, can you give us a call back? We need to talk about Karen Trainer to you. And I thought, oh, no, what's she done now? <laughs> As I do. <laughs> you know, what's she done now? And then they, then they told me the story and they, yeah. and they said, I've got, I've, got, I've got to get this information out of you, like um, your date of birth and, and your address and, and all sorts. I know, and I fell for it. You did. I, I did. I had to. I had to lie. Yes. Obviously. Yes. And I use local trust to lie. Yes. And I said to you, chair, your chair, um, Karen, and, and local trust this year want lots more information from mm. you than they normally do, and you gave me everything I needed. Yeah. Including your maiden name, which I didn't need yes. me to have. No. And the Lord Lieutenant's office were very, very surprised that I could be <laughs> such a good, good liar. But you must have. You must have been chuffed to be honoured in that way. But I know you share it with everybody else. Yes, I do. Even though it's. For me, to me, it's for this place and what the work that they all do day in and day out. Right. 
and take us back to the end. We'll go back those 11 years to this mm -hmm. room. Yeah. Um, the dark, dowdy colours, the purples and the blacks. Yes. The grotty floor, yeah. freezing cold. Mm -hmm. And could you have dreamt you'd get here? No, no. We wanted to, but we wouldn't have dreamed that we would be so successful at it because we're none of us knew what we were doing in the beginning we just said oh yeah we'll do that we'll do that but we didn't know what was what's needed and what was expected of us so yeah not in our wildest dreams i remember um well i know in your plan you've mm -hmm. got the word confidence in there lots of times yeah, yeah. And i remember part of it was confidence um, for people just to speak out confidence yes. to report crime confidence yeah. to do that because mm -hmm. there was a lack of pride in the community and everybody yeah. felt well who's going to be bothered exactly do you think people are more confident now yes definitely and yeah. is your confidence gone mine's through the roof now yeah i mean when we first started i, I wouldn't say boo to a goose i wouldn't have spoke at big events like i do now and i think that goes for Everybody that's gone to those events, I mean, Fern, she was so timid, but now she'll stand up and say what she needs to say. The same with Di. Um, so, yeah, I think all of our confidence has gone on leaps and bounds now. And we'll do what we need to now to get it further forward. Well, thanks, Karen, and through you, thanks to all the other pink ladies. Yes. As you call yourselves, yes, all the volunteers. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's a there's a bright future. Hopefully, yes. Not for the one to try. That was Karen Trainer MBE, the chair of Scotland's Bushbury Hill Big Local. Uh, quite a journey they and I have been on. Yeah, absolutely. And it was so nice to hear the rapport that you've built over this 11 year programme. And I think what really stood out was Karen's reflection that actually her MBE wasn't about her. It was about the, for her, it was about the community and what they'd all done together. And I think that's something that comes out time and time again, even though we're speaking to individuals a lot of the time, they're really there to champion their communities and the spaces that they live and what they're doing to make those places a better place. Um, so, yeah, that's the end of our series, I guess, isn't it, Chris? It is indeed, and we do thank people for their company right through the series. If you've not heard them all, then just follow the links via this podcast and you'll see them all sitting there, and the first series too. And we do look forward to you joining us next time on the Community Power Podcast, whenever that is. And it's brought to you by Local Trust, discovering what happens when you give local people the money, the power and the assets to make a difference to their neighbourhoods.